step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. Eat, sleep, fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us during, uh, I guess it's officially officially off-season, a couple days after the Super Bowl 53. We are the Super Bowl 53 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. John. Well, not really as always, but I'm just kind of stuck because I haven't recorded in so long. But uh, my buddy, good friend of the show, uh, co-host of many different things, John Chapman. What's up, brother? Dude, I'm telling you this. Uh, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, it is officially NFL draft season. And this is like, you know, this makes me go 6 to midnight. I love draft season. It's kind of how I got my start, you know, covering the NFL and all that stuff. So I am... I, I'm I'm pumped, man. And that game, it was it was rough. <laughs> it was a rough game yesterday. Yeah. You know, even okay. Look, I, I'm gonna be flat out honest. I don't appreciate the defense as much as like a real football, quote unquote, analyst or whatever you want to call. It, okay, so I don't really, I, I I I like to watch good defense, but I'm not like a um a nerd when it comes to this stuff. I know you are. What did you think about? You know, was it a defensive game? Is that a stupid thing to say? Because I mean, they the points were low, but does does that necessarily mean it was a defensive? No, game? No, it it was a defensive game, but really, if you had to characterize why the game was so bad, was horrible quarterback play on both sides. Uh, Tom Brady and you know Jared Goff played awful, and you could say, well, they played awful because of good defense. Not really. And you go back and watch those throws; they're both throwing the ball in the dirt. You know, yeah. Brady could only throw to the slot; he couldn't do anything else. And, I mean, it was just a poor quarterback game. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, hats off to the defensive coaches. You know, they limited that. But, no, it, there was never, like, any exciting moments. Like, usually with defensive games, you've got big hits. You've got sacks. You've got turnovers. You've got, like, some great stuff. Uh, there were two interceptions on poorly thrown balls. And there was one big hit that got flagged on – it would have been, like, third and 19 for the Patriots whenever they blew up the 
screen pass to James White, right. and it gave him a free first yeah. down. And they went on to score on that drive. And, I mean, that's the thing. There was never any emotion or, like, I don't know. It just wasn't electrifying. Right. So I would no, not no, say no, it's it a wasn't. great defensive battle right. or anything. It was boring. Right. Yeah. All right. We won't talk too much about Super Bowl because everybody's kind of over it anyways. But I do want to say that, uh, um, you know, I'm excited. The Dolphins getting a new coach, which at least, you know, Super Bowl champion coach. So <laughs> we have that going for us at least. Congratulations, um, man. But you know what most people don't understand is that this game, it wasn't very exciting, but it was one fumble recovery away from a win on either side all game. Yep. You know, it was one interception. uh one broken coverage touchdown, you know, it was like, it was really open. One big play could have changed the entire, you know, structure of the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, people really don't realize that, but I thought that was pretty exciting knowing, Hey, one big move can really change the outcome of this game. So anyways, John, uh, I, I'm really excited today. We are going to talk about, uh, we're going to go over some like in uh, fantasy implications of the postseason. You know, we brought you all the way to week 13 and beyond, 14, 15, 16 for your Super Bowl. By the way, don't forget, uh, we are Fantasy Pros Rankers, uh, expert rankers on fantasypros.com, where I was number two week 16. I just want to drop that really quick. Yeah, man, you crushed it. I mean, championship week, you you delivered the goods, man. Yeah, I just thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) uh, so, we you know, we brought you all the way to week 16, and, uh, and then, you know, the playoffs happened. And we don't really hear a lot about fantasy, you know, implications and moving forward, and especially dynasty. I know John, Steven, and Austin have that DFS and dynasty pod. Look that up. If you guys are really into dynasty, we touch on it here and there. But uh, for the most part, uh, make sure you, you follow that podcast as well. So, John, I know you already talked a little bit about dynasty aspect. But, you know, I'm going to go through some players. I want to hear what you think. I'll, of course, add uh, my nonsense in here and there as well as we go through these players. Um, before we start, I guess there's a quick thing I want to talk about because I feel like I haven't talked to the audience in a long time. So, um, you know, I'm sitting in my recliner. You can't see me because my uh, video camera is off, but I see you. So I just want you to sit back, relax. Let's just talk a little bit as friends. Yeah, you. Oh, we're friends? Do you feel? Of course. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you growing your hair out. I see your, your video. You're kind of growing your hair out. I like Yeah, it. I'm going uh, full homeless. Color. I'm trying to look, you know homeless and you know my wife likes the like homeless lumberjack look and so sure i you know i didn't know that was a thing but that's what i'm going for so okay okay you gotta grow your beard bro oh it doesn't grow it's pubic hair <laughs> so you're just gonna grow your hair out long and hope she is okay with that yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> um so anyways I, and i don't think you have a problem with this uh you know um one of my favorite non-sports podcasts is Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they're pretty awesome. Uh, they talk a lot about being bad at life. <laughs> I am the quintessential bad at life. Like, I'm the mascot for being bad at life. I, I Looking at you, John, you're dressed well. You're a school teacher. Uh, your wife is well-respected in the community. You know, you have great kids, a beautiful house. I have a feeling there's not too many bad at life decisions you do uh, that really affect you. Oh, good. But, um, Lord, that's, you, I wish that was the case. I want you to know that you have a friend here that is really bad at life. Um, many aspects of my life is just is really uh, nothing, you know, dramatic, you know, traumatic. Uh, but, you know, like being um, 
the, the craziest thing is, okay, you know, when you're a college student or whatever, you have bills to pay, you know, there's times where, you know, you and your friends need to, you know, rake up some cash to, you know, pay the light bill that week or that, you know, that month. And sometimes, you know, it goes past due, you know, as a college kid. But when you're an adult and you have a professional career and you have a little bit of money in the bank and you still forget to pay bills, that's like the worst thing ever. And then you're paying past, and then you're paying late fees on like the light, like on like a $40 light bill. Um, that's like the worst thing ever. And over the course, since I stopped talking to everybody on the podcast, since, you know, we haven't talked to our, our friends, uh, you know, our listeners, um, I just want you to know, you know, if you're bad at life as well, uh, you're with me. And, and uh, you know, you're not alone. Man, how great was the invention of automatic recurring payment? See, well, that scares me too because I'm so bad at life that sometimes, like, you know, if uh, every month or every paycheck I'll put stuff in savings and stuff like that. And so I'm, like, deathly afraid that, hey, one day – something's going to screw up and then it's going to be even worse if money gets taken out without me knowing. I've been there. So I have a couple rental properties and in one of my rental properties, a pipe busted on the backyard, like off through the alley. And so it was on automatic withdrawal. And sure enough, three grand comes out for a water bill. And I'm, of course, yeah. and I, I didn't notice it. Uh, like it was on like a separate account that I don't pay attention to. And like you said, bad at life stuff happens. And sure enough, the city let it run for two months. So it ended up costing just over seven grand and going through all kinds of stuff. But yeah, so there are some negatives there that I'm yeah. still working through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, no, for sure. And man, I, I just want to, uh, you know, people, you know, you don't hear a lot of bad at life stories. You know, people kind of hide it, especially on, you know, this day in social media. Nobody's putting on Facebook, hey, I, you know, didn't pay my light bill this month. You know, people are, you know, showing their flashy stuff. I got a new car. I look at my new house. I'm going on this great vacation. Nobody ever says, hey, um, I thought <laughs> this is, uh, this just happened uh, a week ago. Um, so I got new insurance. And of course, I'm bad at this what, stuff, right? Like so car insurance I, or? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Health insurance. Uh, because we, my job switched over. It's a big ordeal anyways. So I had to pick out a new plan as I was going through the plan. I started just clicking through, you know, okay. Cover my wife, cover my daughter, uh, you know, going through all the options. Looks good. Looks good. And I'm like 99% sure. One of the options said it covers pediatric dentistry. It's like, cool. Okay. It covers it. Even though we're talking about like medical insurance somehow it's connected. I don't know. So bam, we get it. No problem. That was like, you know, first week of January or actually like the last week of December. Anyways, my daughter went to go to the dentist and my wife's like, Oh, does she have insurance? I was like, of course she does. Of course I'm bad at life. Cause I don't have dental insurance. Long story there. I'll, I'll explain that later. But <laughs> so I was like, yeah, of course my, you know, of course she has dental insurance. So my wife goes and gets all kinds of stuff. My daughter's too. So she's just starting to get, you know, her teeth to get looked at and all that stuff. Uh, my wife comes back from the dentist appointment. She said, our insurance isn't covered. Ends up being like a $400 bill. Um, I call the de- I call the health insurance. They're like, no, this is something totally separate. You're crazy. We don't do dental insurance with health insurance. That's something totally different. And uh, so, yeah, I screwed on that. So, How how'd the wife take that? Was was she just... Uh, like- oh, she was mad. She was really mad. Yeah, yeah. She gets really... She gets really... Because she is um, very type A. Uh, so, in it... Yeah, she's just very type A, so she has everything organized all the time, and she relies on me for certain information. 
um, you know, for, you know, work stuff and all that. Cause she stays home with my daughter. So she relies on me to get that stuff taken care of, which probably a pretty bad decision for her to rely <laughs> on me so much. Oh, I thought you were um, going with the choice of spouse in general, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my no, she, my yeah. wife as well. She like totally defers to me on a lot of those issues and I'm not the person to defer those things to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I'm bad at everything. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my, that's kind of my life story. So if you're in my same boat, uh, you know, we're together, I don't know, maybe we could form a club or something like that. Um, bad at life club. Yeah. There you go. All right. There you go. Cause I am, uh, yeah, I, I know I could tell from our Facebook, our private Facebook group. Uh, that's the one I'm probably most active in. Uh, if you guys want to be part of this private Facebook group, let me know and I'll, I'll get you in. But, um, yeah, I could tell a couple people in this group are definitely bad at life. <laughs> should be in the battle life group for a sure. couple come to I mind immediately yes a couple i know i'm not gonna call out names but uh, <laughs> anyways I, I could just tell i could tell there's there's people like me but i want you to know that you're not alone uh even dale demont uh eve fantasy is bad at life we are with you man I, I we make so many bad choices my wife and i uh when it comes to those things so we even bought a timeshare one time so if you want to know how bad that is <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, yeah, that's uh, we'll we'll talk about that later for sure because <laughs> Fuck that timeshares. is a timeshare probably gets you in the Hall of Fame at Battle. Ah, oh, yeah. You you probably you probably get a picture up on the wall for yeah. buying a timeshare. Yeah. Being late on bills, that's like that that gets you in the club. Uh, but yeah, buying a timeshare, <laughs> um, that's up there. So, anyways, John, let's get uh let's get to some fantasy stuff because that's what everybody comes for. That's the goodness. I know for sure already people are going to email me and say we're 10 minutes in the podcast and these idiots are still not even talking about football. So let's talk a little bit about fantasy football. Like I said, I want to run down some of these, um, you know, some names, some stuff. We're, we're just talking about the postseason here. I know there's a lot of implications with other players in the NFL, but I think this episode we can kind of focus on some of the, you know, Big players, maybe not so big players in the postseason, you know, going from Julian Edelman and, you know, those guys all the way down to somebody like Amari Cooper. Um, so I don't know if Amari Cooper's all the way down the list, but I think you get the point. Right. Um, I think we can go ahead and let's – I, I kind of want to start with quarterbacks here. Um, what better quarterback to start than with Tom Brady? Tom Brady had at least a winning postseason, right? Yeah. Uh, he didn't do anything to jump off the charts. I mean, you know, last Super Bowl, he had over 500 passing yards, and it was, you know, it was looking good. Uh, kind of ends the season with a game that was, you know, subpar for any quarterback, let alone Tom Brady. Is he, uh, he's definitely still a top 10, top 12 quarterback, right? <coughs> I, um, I, I'm saying definitely, but there's so many options. You know, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, those guys still, uh, you know, Andrew Luck. All those guys, I think I'd still have above Tom Brady next year. Do you agree? Man, I, yeah, I'm putting Tom Brady. I'm moving him way down, actually. He finishes the top number 10? 11 quarterback this year, so he wasn't even top 10 this year. Um, and he played all 16 games, only had 29 touchdown passes. And if you look at what he did in the postseason, man, it was actually horrible. He had two touchdowns and three interceptions in three games. Um, you know, because they skipped the wild card. They had the first round bye. Um, and the thing about Tom Brady is there's going to be times where he goes off and has, you know, his 30-point fantasy production games. But the recipe for winning for this, you know, 40-plus-year-old Tom Brady quarterback, it's run the football. And 
he did not throw the ball downfield much at all this postseason. Very few times. He, you know, hit Gronk on drag routes and Edelman and check down to James White. That's really about it. Uh, some of that might have been when Gordon, you know, got suspended for the 50th time. But the recipe right now for the New England winning is good defense and running the football. So I, I am selling. I have Tom Brady in two dynasty leagues, and I think that's going to be – I think this is going to be it for me. I, I, I think, I think so, he's huh? gone, man. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the, I mean, like you said, the second half of the year for the Patriots definitely seem to be a run-first team, uh, the way, you know, the Patriots and Bill Belichick plays. I don't think even Bill Belichick would, you know, force anything on Tom Brady if the game plan was best to run the ball, you know. So um, as, as good as Tom Brady has been in the past and what history shows, I think uh, they're going to take what, gets them the win and I think moving forward Sony Michelle looked very promising uh very efficient I think uh moving forward it it might be you know run centric this offense might be more run centric moving forward for the next couple of years that Tom Brady's in the league at least yeah I I think you're right you know I I finished my dynasty rankings or at least my first round of offseason dynasty rankings I've been working on the past week I have Tom Brady at quarterback 24 and dynasty wow, rankings. really well i mean you got to think about oh, all those okay, young nice. guys sure, sure, sure. again this is not so much for just 2019 but for dynasty long term i mean i've got them way down um way down G- give me give me 22 through 23 i mean 20 through 24 okay 20 i got drew Brees. 21 josh rosen 22 stafford 23 rivers and then tom brady interesting okay uh, where can we find those rankings at? Um, so I have those rankings. They are published. They should be up on the Eat Sleep Fantasy site. Uh, just click on rankings, and then once you do that, there's going to be a little hyperlink that says click here for Dynasty Rankings. Hit that, and boom. Cool. All right. Um, so, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a superstar and, uh, you know, should be taken in the top three uh, quarterbacks. Top two, top. What do you think? I mean, where we're splitting. I, I don't here. even think it's close. Whether it's really just redraft 2019 or dynasty, um, I don't think it's close. Um, you know, my okay. top three: Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, then Deshaun Watson. Um, sure. You know, th- those three guys have put up elite potential. You know, and man, if you had Patrick Mahomes, you were in the championship game this year. And if you weren't, then you're a terrible owner because that mm-hmm. guy just carried you. Right. Right. All right, uh, moving down, I you you mentioned Andrew Luck. I'm very high on Andrew Luck. I'm very high on the Colts, and we'll talk about Marlon Mack in a couple of minutes. Um, what are you doing with Lamar Jackson? I like Is Lamar. This- um, you know, they're definitely going to be moving forward with him. My issues, you know, I have them ranked as the 16th. Again, talking dynasty here. Um, you know, I like him. The problem is he never had like a gigantic – uh, fantasy output for a game um, he, he did well but he only got 30 points once and it was 30.0 and so you know if we look at it, it's 19 26 19 22 20 18 23 30 so like he's got a lot but the touchdown upside just isn't there with guys that you know can throw the ball um, and so you're not going to get that huge giant game where you know you're getting a 40 plus point production whenever he's hitting it's going to be 19 to 20 points which he can win with that you know he's kind of like a poor man's cam newton just because he hasn't developed in the passing game yet 
so once he gets that point going on, which I don't know if he will with this offense system they have and the horrible wide receivers they have there, but um, yeah, you know, it, his rushing's gonna he creates the safest floor of maybe any quarterback fantasy wise just because of his rushing, but there's still got to be he's got to develop a little more as a passer before he's gonna be that man. This guy can win you a championship. Right. Okay. All right. All right, uh, let's move on to some pa- uh, to some rushers, some running backs here. Uh, we mentioned Sony Michelle. I think he, I, and I haven't done my rankings, so that's why I'm kind of giving some loose rankings here and, and kind of bouncing it off you a little bit, John. But I really like Sony Michelle moving forward. Definitely uh, an RB1 in redraft. Do you agree? Yeah, he has to be. I mean, if you just, what he did and the three games in the postseason. 336 yards in three games, six touchdowns. So essentially he's averaging, you know, 112 yards and two touchdowns each game. And he still hasn't found a way to be active in the passing game. Now they did target him a couple of times. They were bad passes by Brady and one was dropped. Um, So like, it seems almost like they're trying to incorporate him more. You know, James White's definitely going to be back. Burkhead maybe, but there is no doubt who it is they're trying to get the ball to there. And, I mean, this guy is huge. I absolutely love Sony Michelle. Very, very young. I have him as my dynasty number 11. Redraft, I'd put him at probably 9, right around that same area. There's a group of guys, you know, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Sony Michelle, Joe Mixon, that kind of cluster of these guys that, you know, are elite but again, whenever you go back to Patriots running backs, there's sometimes they're going to screw you just because they're going to bench them. But yep. Sony Michelle, he's awesome, man. Next year by week six, you'll be like, remember Sony? How awesome Sony Michelle was in the playoffs last year? What happened? Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> you know the stuff that that happened. And it takes a while. Like Sony Michelle played in 13 games this year, and he had six you know rushing touchdowns. Three games in the playoffs, six rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, is he going to be getting that same volume next year? No, I don't think so, but I don't think he has to. And right. if Brady keeps, you know, getting older and older and his passing and his arms weaker and weaker, they're going to have to run the ball more. So what's going to yep. be very telling is how the Patriots draft. If they go out and get, like, speedy wide receivers – uh, that's going to let you know kind of what's going on there. But if instead they go O-line or defense or anything like that, man, you just got to – Sony Michelle's stock is going to keep going up. Yep. Uh, over A little over four and a half yards per carry in the postseason this year. Yeah, and they knew it was uh, coming, and it was against stacked boxes. Like when Sony right. Michelle was in there, everybody knew, all right, it's going to be a run or a play action, and he was still able to do that. And they're getting back their number one draft pick last year, Isaiah Wynn, the guard out of Georgia who was awesome in the preseason that tore his Achilles. Like, he'll be back. So they're already getting an additional first-round pick at guard next season. So, All right. Uh, John, quick trivia question. Which running back had the highest yards per attempt uh, in the postseason this year? Which running back? Yep. Man, I want to say C.J. Anderson. Marlon Mack. Ooh. Was C.J. Anderson 30... even close? Uh, C.J. Anderson. Probably not. Uh, he's in the top eight. He's in top seven. Yeah, Marlon uh, Mack is for real, man. I, I really hope they get behind him because... Thir- 33 attempts, almost six, uh, 5.9 <laughs> yards per carry. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it was just a couple attempts. I mean, he killed it. 
Um, yeah, he did. And Crazy. let's see here. Let me. His longest in the postseason was 29 yards. So it wasn't like he busted off a 50 plus yarder. Like he was right. consistently. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know the running back for Andrew Luck is always going to be fantasy relevant, just because you'll never face a loaded box, and he can check out to get you in the best possible situation just because he's so smart. So Marlon Mack is, man, that dude's legit. Where would you put him off the top of your head, Dale? Because I think you got a little man crush on this guy. I do. I definitely do. And I actually, I and as you were talking, I was thinking, man, I'm going to be higher on Marlon Mack than a lot of people. Uh, off the top of my head, he's definitely going to be uh, in the top eight. Whoa. Uh, just, just off the top of my head. Yeah. David. No, he's, jo- he's okay. Definitely... Let me ask you this. David Johnson, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack. Whoa. Look, I think we need to really pay attention and see what happens. And, and I don't know the contract situations and the money situations on this Colts O-line. Uh, but if they are even, if they, if they stay together or if they get any improvement, any more improvement than they have right now, uh, I think it could be really scary for both Andrew Luck and Marlon Mack. And, uh, I mean, look how much the Colts ran in just the two games yeah. that they played. I mean, Marlon Mack had 33 attempts compared to Todd Gurley's 30. <laughs> yeah, there was something wrong I mean, with the, the Colts. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I mean there yeah. was definitely something wrong with Gurley and, and their play calling there. But, I mean, that just shows. I mean, they're committed to running Marlon Mack. And, you know, early in the season, you know, we're talking about, okay, you know, where's Naheem Hines? You know, where where's everybody going to fit in? And towards the end of the season, it just seemed – more and more prevalent, you know, shown that they really, they really like Marlon Mack there. Now my, I traded him in, in our dynasty league. I gave up a lot. I think I gave up a first round pick for Marlon Mack. I think uh, in our dynasty league. Yeah, that's definitely worth it, depending on where that pick is. But what what do you think about Naheem Hines though? Like he's going to play a role there. But are you, I mean, he got eighty one targets this year. Naheem Hines did. And I don't think he's going away because he can pass block so well and catch the ball out of the backfield so well. But you just think there's enough there for both? or Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, uh, I'm not as high on Hines, but this offense, I, you know, you mentioned you have Andrew Luck, what, two or three? Two, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this this Colts offense is really, really good, and it's going to fly next year. And like I said, with, this, with the O-line that they have and, and the defense, you know, that they have, the defensive line, it it all the it all goes back to the running game, for me I think, um, and so, for me that's why I'm I'm really bullish on Marlon Mack. I like it. Yeah, I mean just a little bit of a, of course I got a little bit more studying to do and a little bit more looking at my rankings, but off the top of my head definitely top twelve. I think I'll have him around seven eight uh, over David Johnson. You want to give me a couple other players? I'll tell you. Okay, uh, how about Sony Michelle, the guy we just talked about? That's a tough one. They're it, they're going to be right around the same that same area, I think, for me. All right, uh, James Conner. Hmm. I gotta go, James Conner. All right, man. This is see. That's the thing. All right, how about Nick Chubb? Let's stay young. Yeah, I'm going Marlon Mack over Nick Chubb. Oh wow, I think some people are going to be. I I don't know, really? man. Chubb, 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 Chubb. I I think that he could be up there pretty high, but. I like it. I like it. Where do you it. have Chubb? Man, I have Chubb seven. I actually have Chubb ahead of David Johnson right now just because I think that he can be that kind of, I don't know, um, all out, whatever, you know, sure. bell cow back. He can. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I I, like Chubb as well. Um, I don't know. I, I just got some things to look over. Like I said, I haven't done my rankings, but uh, 
I think I would stop Marlon Mack over Nick Chubb, but we'll see. We'll see how the offseason progresses. All right. All right. Uh, a couple other guys, a couple other rushers that we're looking at. Uh, we, I won't even get into this Rams backfield. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about it, though, just a yeah, little okay, bit. Let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You, you talk to me about it. How about that? So C.J. Anderson outtouches, you know, Gurley by a considerable margin. Um, and 40, 46 to 30, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing. And, you know, CJ looked great. Uh, <laughs> Gurley didn't, but I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It's a little bit of skepticism moving forward, but Gurley's still young. You know, he's 24 years old. Most people don't understand how young he is. He is still going to be, you know, I have him third, um, in my dynasty rankings. I got Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, then Todd Gurley. I am going to be buying Gurley in all my dynasty leagues that I can, or at least trying because I'm hoping their owner got scared, but I don't think he's right. I think something is wrong, and I do think that he will be able to heal up and then come back like he was. Maybe he'll never be that same, you know, fantasy winner week one through 16 and all that stuff, but um, I still want that guy. Um, I mean, he's a stud, so I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that something is definitely wrong with Gurley. I mean, C.J. Anderson was signed and immediately impacted that team i mean there's there's no reason for that other than todd Gurley just wasn't feeling good and you know they they didn't want to put show all their cards um so yeah going forward definitely buy todd Gurley if you can because you know their owners might be a little impatient and want to get something for him so i like todd Gurley a lot as well i, I don't think uh i think he's still a top three running back yeah yeah, for sure. Maybe I'm low on them, you know? I mean, if we would have did these rankings three weeks ago before the playoffs started or four weeks ago, he'd be number one on almost everybody's list, him and Saquon. But I think it's dropped sure. a little bit. All right. Uh, what are we doing with Damian Williams? Had a pretty good outing, uh, you know, in the time that the Chiefs were actually in the playoffs. Uh, over four and a half yards a carry, almost 160 yards, two touchdowns in the postseason. Yeah, two two um, rushing and two passing or receiving touchdowns. Right, right, right. And so, you know, if first, I mean, we, there's no way. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's happening here in the backfield. But if Damien Williams, if Damien Williams continues to be the guy, I mean, there is no doubt with this high-flying offense that, you know, he could be a definitely fantasy fantasy impact guy right oh yeah i mean it and the funny thing is like even before patrick mahomes showed up uh, the, a lot of this just is the andy reed offense whoever is the running back for wherever he's been way back in the philly days is fantasy relevant you know if you go back before kareem hunt even spencer ware was an rb borderline one rb2 and then Spencer, or you know, Cream Hunt comes in. He's absolutely incredible. Then he does stupid stuff, gets kicked out. Then Spencer Ware has two great games, gets hurt. And then Damian Williams comes in. Every game he's been in, he's been exceptional. It's a it's a system that puts running backs in space and mismatches, and that's Andy Reid. So whoever the hell the running back is going to be there is a borderline RB one fantasy with upside. Uh, I mean that guy. He's insane. He's in, he's yeah. insane um, just because of the system. Now, we saw what Damian Williams was whenever he's coached by Adam Gase. Absolutely atrocious. He looked like a fullback out there because coaching matters. And yeah. so you're going to have to watch through the draft in the offseason. Spencer Ware's a free agent. You know, do they re-sign him? Do they bring in somebody big time? Do they draft somebody in the first three to four rounds? Those are things you're going to have to pay attention to. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, one last running back I want to touch on. Um, somebody I was really high on preseason uh, this year and just didn't just Jordan Howard. Yeah, they told me I don't really like him and that he's going to be game script dependent. You know, you get the ball. You know, he had one playoff game. He got 10 carries for 35 yards. I don't know, man. There's going to be times. So not only is he only uh, viable in close games or games that the Bears are ahead, but even in those games, he kind of checks out from time to time. You know, there's going to be those games where Cohen just dominates completely. And this isn't just a backfield issue with Chicago. It's an everybody issue with Chicago. Which tight end is going to be the target? Because there's several games where Trey Burton put up zero. Which wide receiver is going to be the guy? Because all three of those wide receivers all had dud games. And then followed it up with a huge game. So very unpredictable. Really the only person in fantasy that I want for this team is Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he's elite or anything like that, but outside of him or Allen Robinson, I, I really, I, I'm not, I want people that are consistent and I don't think you're going to find that on this uh, offense outside of Trubisky. Um, one of the things that he did was his rushing totals and rushing touchdowns. Uh, he was very, very, <laughs> efficient this year and so i i'm cool with having trubisky you know i don't i don't have, i'm not high on him i don't think i mean where would you put trubisky i have him as my number 11 quarterback ahead of cam newton just because of the injury concerns but i think he's a borderline kind of quarterback Man. for me yeah i mean tell me i'm crazy uh yeah you might be a little crazy on this one I mean, uh, man, I I don't know if I would safely draft, even if I'm waiting on quarterbacks. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you're waiting that long, you could probably draft. You're probably going to have to draft him and somebody else, probably. What if I told you he had more rushing yards than Russell Wilson and played two fewer games? Yeah, that's impressive. Um, it's, that doesn't change my mind. Yeah. He finished so. as the quarterback 15, even though he missed two games. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. So with those two games, maybe he finishes top 12, right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's. I, yeah, I he know. averaged 22 points a game. So if you add 44 points, that put him at. Where would he go? Oh man, he's going up really high. He would have finished as number six behind wow. Jared, uh, number seven, ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Okay. All right. Doesn't change my mind. That is impressive, and I think he, I think he had some better games than he, you know, than he's really worth. Right. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, th- there were some times, uh, you know, that midway through the season, he went nuts right after that bye week. And so, I mean, there's something there. And, again, I'm not talking about quarterback play. He's not a top 11 quarterback in the NFL. He's a top 11 fantasy quarterback because of the rushing addition. Um, That's the big deal with him. Three rushing touchdowns, 400 yards rushing. Give me a good comp. Give me a good comp. Like somebody in recent history with fantasy, who would you compare him to as far as, you know, being in this borderline I mean, if you're going to take mine and your consensus, he's going to be borderline drafted, uh, you know, maybe, maybe late-round QB with 
you know, pairing with somebody else in, you know, another late round guy. Um, another quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, another quarterback. What's a good comp for, like, somebody? I would go Mitchell Trubisky. One, he reminds me of Alex Smith in the same system, right? Sure. When Alex Smith was at, uh, you know, Kansas City and we saw what he did, almost MVP-like numbers. But if I was waiting, I'd get somebody like Mitch Trubisky and Jameis Winston because Winston's going to be putting up crazy numbers, you know, with their new head coach. Um you know, and, and so, like, that's the issue. Like, I want high upside quarterbacks because if they don't pan out, yeah. I'm getting rid of them. Right. Patrick Mahomes was drafted quarterback 16 last year. Right. Um, and all three of the top quarterbacks drafted, uh, nobody finished inside the top five. Sean Watson finished right at that spot, but that was about it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's shift over to some receivers now, John. Um, yeah, you. This is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, first question here. Uh, you have a vote in for the Hall of Fame. Julian Edelman is five years retired. Are you voting for him? Hell no. no. I don't, you know, I think this is kind of like a manufactured debate here. Because um, nobody thinks so. But it, is, it was a topic on sports radio all day. Um, through ESPN all the way to my local station, everyone's talking about it. I, it, it's like it's really weird how this is even a, t- a topic. And he played good in, in a big game here, and he does have a couple of Super Bowls, and he was a Super Bowl MVP. But man, no, I mean, it's it's weird, and maybe I'm not doing my job here, and I'm talking about it and de- trying to debate it again. But it's not a debate. I think people need. To let yeah, it go. I think the only way that he that the conversation comes up is just because. He might have been the best wide receiver over longevity for Tom Brady, and that's it. Yeah, he's got the rings. That's awesome. However, um, one, he's already been caught for you know performance-enhancing drugs. Um, two, his numbers are atrocious. They're absolutely abysmal. He's had 2,000-yard seasons, never gone over seven touchdowns in a season, only 30 career touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> Jerry Rice and Randy Moss basically have eclipsed his entire career touchdown potential in two years um, right. each. So 5,000 receiving yards, nah, man, that's – I don't know. Yeah. That's that's just – it's not there. He's a slot receiver. He's really, really good, and he probably deserves to be in the Patriots kind of ring of honor or whatever the hell they call it. But Hall of Fame, not even close. Okay. You're in the Super Bowl. You have a really good quarterback. Are you taking – now, one thing I will talk about Julian Edelman is – He's a really good football player. I know that yes, this might is. sound kind of stupid, but he he seems to know where he is on the field, where he needs to go. I think his football IQ is crazy, um, and you know part of that maybe you know because he was wasn't he a quarterback in college or high yeah, school? Yeah, Kent State. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Kent State. Okay, so I think part of that has to do a little bit with that. Um, so you're in the Super Bowl. You need one wide receiver to fill your uh, your team. Do you take Julian Edelman? Or T.Y. Hilton in the Super Bowl? Um, I think that's a matchup question, right? Sure. And we, we saw kind of like a question, perfect – but it's good. Though. Like here's the thing. Like they're similar body types, but T.Y. is an outside guy. And going into this game, the Rams' defense, their strengths are two interior linemen in Sue and Aaron Donald and two outside corners. And their big question mark is, one, not only who's going to guard Gronk, but who's going to guard the slot. And Nikhil Roby, you know, he's not 
a great defender. Chris Harris, you know, the elite slot corner for the Broncos, tweeted during the game, shows you how valuable us slot corners are, doesn't it? <laughs> like, and and that's the thing. Yeah. So if I've got like an elite, if I got Chris, if I'm playing against Chris Harris, I want T. Y. Hilton. Sure. If I'm playing yeah. against the Rams, right. I want Edelman. Right. Right. Um. Okay. So I don't know if they answer questions. Kind of political. Yeah. He fence writer. What are you drinking right I'll now? I'll take Edelman. What are you drinking right now, by the way? I'm watching but, you on video still, and it looks like you're drinking some kind of California smoothie. No, nah, it's just water, man. I got pretty uh, inebriated last evening and okay. the night before, okay. so I, I'm on team water right now. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> it looked like it had some color to it. I didn't know. All right. Okay, so that's your Julian Edelman debate, debate for you folks. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Uh, let's just go down a couple other you know, pieces that maybe we don't know what we're doing. Amari Cooper with the Cowboys. This postseason, he had 13 receptions, uh, 171 yards. Are you going to be as high on Amari Cooper as a lot of people are seeing what he did, you know, with, with the Cowboys and how Dak is treating him and and obviously force-feeding him a little bit, right? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, you know, I have him 14, uh, wide receiver 14 dynasty-wise. And again, like I hate Amari Cooper. I don't like his film. I hate how he leads the NFL and drop passes. Um, but those numbers were improved dramatically whenever he got traded to Dallas. And then you have all those monster games that he put up back to back to back. And so, you know, if somebody's going to get that much volume, then and they're not scared to throw it in the red zone, you got to like it. And he's not going to face a lot of double coverage because of Zeke in that offensive line. So, yeah, you got to put it there. You know, I, I have Brent, who would you prefer? Brandon Cooks or Amari Cooper, hmm. long term. You got to go Amari Cooper. Just what we saw. I mean, what we saw in the second half of the season, right? I mean, you got to go Amari Cooper. Okay, what about Stefan Diggs or Amari Cooper? Hmm. It's a little closer. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, if you look at what these guys have done. Uh, it just, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, Amari Cooper only played 15 games, but he finished as the number 18 wide receiver, you know, passed a thousand yards barely, but it was all what he did in that short span. I, I get that. Um, you know, S Stefan Diggs is a guy that won't put up those mega games, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to be consistent. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, and it really hurts me because I was such an Omari Cooper guy for like three years. And I, the last year, I finally gave up on him and traded him under Dynasty League. And I was like, you know what? Who'd you trade him for? Who'd you trade him for? Uh, you know. Uh, who did I trade him for? <laughs> Adrian Peterson. That's right. Yeah. 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 I got so much <laughs> shit for it, too. I th you traded at the ultimate low point ever. Yes. I like, did. that was – and then the trade happens and then all that. And then it was just like, hey, man, it's you I was do okay. what you do. Well, for a couple of weeks, I was okay. Adrian Peterson was – doing what I needed him to do. You know, he was getting that 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. I was fine with that. And Amari Cooper was sucking. And then all of a sudden he gets <laughs> traded, and I look like the biggest idiot in the world for giving up on Amari Cooper at the wrong time. So Man, it and it was looking really bad, too. Like, I don't want to put it on you, but he is 24 years old. Yeah. Um, look, he's a consensus number 10 right now on Fantasy Pro's Dynasty rankings. I'm a little lower on him. Um, I probably should move him up more, but I hate the Cowboys, and I've never been an Amari fan. Um, but I, I should—I'm being a little biased right now. This all goes back to being bad at life, John. I am a win now yeah. mode. I don't care about next year. I—I I want the rings, okay, and I will deal 
future Dale would deal with that team later. Okay, at there the at the moment, I knew. Hey, let me just do what I have to do to win. I don't care about my future. You know, I just just do what I got to do. You know, you're. Did you did you win? No, I didn't win, John. <laughs> because you beat me in the Super Bowl. Sorry, one of the best games ever, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> Doesn't make it any better. Uh, anyways. I thought I was making a good move, but obviously it is what it is. So I'm out. Yeah. I don't have Amari Cooper now. And, uh, hey, but I have Adrian Peterson. He might come back for another year. You never there know. There you go. Yeah, I think he'll get one more year out of him. Yeah. I really do. But next year he's going to get, like, 30 yards in a touchdown or 25 yards in a touchdown. And, um, so whatever. I'll start him still. And I, I have to ride with Adrian Peterson for the rest of my life because of that trade. I, I got to see where he lands. I don't think the Redskins bring him back with guys being healthy. Um, Geis is already working out, so I, I don't think it'd be there. It'd be somewhere else, but you know, a spot will open up eventually. So hold on to him. The Raiders. Hold on to him. He'll go into the Raiders. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I kind of mentioned T.Y. Hilton a little bit. Well, I just mentioned his name. We didn't really talk about him, but uh, T.Y. Hilton is the same old guy. We're we're still excited about him. Andrew Luck, we love. Um, as long as T.Y. is healthy. Andrew Luck is throwing the ball. He'll be just fine, right? Yeah, T.Y. Hilton's 29, but, I mean, his value is not even really, to be honest with you. Like, he was great without, you know, Luck. He was at least serviceable. Right. But this is a wide receiver I'm pretty high on. I'm pretty, I've got him at number 10 overall, ahead of Keenan Allen, um, right behind Antonio Brown dynasty rankings. Uh, just because who knows where Brown's sure. going to go. If he's still with the Steelers, I'll bump him up again. If he is somewhere else, I'm going to bump him down. I don't think there's another situation that's going to be as good for him. But, um, yeah, I love T.Y., man. And that old line, that offense, Andrew Luck, any piece of that offense that you can get fantasy-wise. And Jack Doyle is a huge buy low right now. Jack Doyle's the man there. It's not going to be Ebron. If you look at the splits and targets when they both played, Ebron was a non-factor. Um so that's anyway. interesting. Wait, can we talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, Ebron, he crushed it when he was playing. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was the year that a lot of the Ebron truthers really wanted, right? Uh, with the, with the touchdown numbers went up, uh, his fantasy relevance definitely there this year. Um, but it's still Jack Doyle's team, huh? Well, yeah. Whenever the games that Jack Doyle played in, as far as like target share and uh, snap counts, I mean, he's not the starting tight end. Um, Eric Ebron is not the starting tight end. He went in on goal line, short yardage, things like that, passing downs. Um, but the thing is, whenever there were three games that he got less than three points when Doyle was healthy, uh, three fantasy points, and there was one game that he only got three snaps. And this was immediately after his two-touchdown game, huge performance, but Doyle was out that game. He came back the next game against Tennessee. It was around, like, it was around week 10 or week 11. and Week 11, yeah, here it is. And he didn't get one reception or one target. And then later on when Doyle got healthy, he got three targets. And so, like, his snap counts, if you look at them, are very, very low when Doyle was there. Um, I do think that he's a fantasy guy, but to go ahead and like think like, oh, he's a top three fantasy tight end moving forward, that is not the case. Interesting. Um, especially if you look at all the drop passes he had. He and Amari Cooper were, uh, I think, tied for the league lead on drop passes. Yeah. Uh, Eric Ebron had one of his worst 
catch a percentage of his career in 2018 was 60%. Uh, That's just, just over. That's Des Bryant bad. Yeah, just like, just over um, his 2014 outing when he had 53% catch rate. So, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's trash. Yeah. All right. Uh, the good stuff there, John. Thank you. All right. A uh, couple of players, a couple more wide receivers. One, again, I'm going to talk about a Rams player. Josh Reynolds is really interesting. He seems like he has a talent there. I mean, in, in obviously in the right offense. When Cooper come, uh, when Cooper Cup comes back, though. <laughs> that was almost rated R right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what happens with Cooper Cup? And does Josh Reynolds stay relevant? Did he prove himself enough to where, uh, you know, we can we can we can put some stock into Josh Reynolds? No, you can't. Um, the wide, the Rams don't run a lot of four wide receiver sets. Uh, they love to use one and two tight ends, and they love to kind of disguise what they're doing. They love three wide receiver sets, but their three wide receivers are set. So Josh Reynolds will have zero fantasy viability as long as those three guys are there and are healthy. Now, if you know Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, or um, Cup goes down again, then automatically – uh, Reynolds is going to be a huge insert, top two wide receiver. Uh, he has the talent, and he will get some work, but he will not be receiving starter snaps or starter targets. Uh, I think maybe in the red zone, that's about it. It doesn't seem like uh, they target you know, Cooks a lot in the red zone, but it, I don't know. I Josh Reynolds, he basically, I have him in one dynasty league, and I'll probably be dropping him. Um, and I paid over $100 fab for him once Cooper went down because I knew how they'd plug him in and it worked out. But this is a three wide receiver offense. So let's, let's call Josh Reynolds the uh, most valuable wide receiver for the league. There you go. Yeah. The wide receiver handcuff. Uh, Pretty crazy. That's back to back fire uh, for John Chapman. There you guys, Uh, Eric Ebron sucks. And so does Josh Reynolds that you heard it first. Yeah. (laughs) I like Josh Reynolds a lot. I loved him coming out of um, A&M, and I hate A&M. But, um, no, nah, he's a player. It's just they don't run four wide receiver sets. Right. They just don't do it very often. Right. Okay. Uh, last wide receiver I want to talk about, and and really I'm going to be really honest here. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I don't have a lot of an opinion on Mike Williams and the Chargers. Is this, is this next year going to be his – I? I guess first question is, do you consider this a breakout year for Mike Williams? And two, is next year going to be better for him? Yes and yes to a certain extent. Um, and the extent is this. Mike Williams' talent is 100% there. Consistency's a mess, and health is a huge mess. But Terrell Williams is gone. Um, they've already come out. He wants wide receiver one money. He wants to be a wide receiver one. He's going to test free uh, agency. He's not coming back to the Chargers, which means um, Mike Williams is going to have that role. Mike Williams was playing the number three wide receiver predominantly. Now he's going to be that number two guy, and which is awesome. His target should go up, and we saw what he can do when healthy with Phillip Rivers. Philip Rivers loves to throw the deep ball, um, so I do think it's going to be a big year. You know, third wide, re- third year wide receivers usually see that, and if he stays healthy, I could see him being one of those guys that has like sixty catches for twelve touchdowns, something like that. So I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one, but he's going to be one of those guys that can put up touchdowns and win you some games. Yep. So I think wide receiver two potential, uh, fantasy wise, is where he's going to be. Okay. 
2018, Mike Williams had 43 receptions with 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Pretty pretty crazy. Um, that that 10 touchdown on only 43 receptions is pretty pretty interesting stat there. And that's why they drafted him, right? So, like, if he can, you know, get some more – get an extra 200 yards and two touchdowns, you know, that's going to jump him up into that wide receiver kind of 18, 19 range. And I, I think that's in the realm of possibility. I really do. Okay. Good to know. All right. I think that kind of wraps it up. I'm not going to bore everybody with defenses and kicking and stuff like that. But I think we hit the, the big numbers here on the postseason players or the postseason implications of fantasy players that – uh, maybe, you know, to start thinking about um, whether you're in Dynasty or Redraft. If you're listening to us and, you know, you're in Redraft, uh, good for you. Uh, thanks for downloading us and, and getting still getting ready and maybe being a little entertained. Um, I'd love to know what you're doing right now while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, and I will say this. I'm going to do a little shameless plug here because uh, I have no pride. Uh, if you are an NFL Draft fan, um, I host the 49ers Rush Draft Podcast, uh, and if you're not a 49ers guy, that's okay. It is all draft right now through May, and it is very, very in-depth, uh, crazy film review, all that kind of stuff. So uh, just 49ers Rush Podcast. It's everywhere you can find it. Go ahead and hit subscribe. All draft until May. So and check that out. If you want to hit up John on Twitter, uh, man, he gets a ton of hate mail. Um, on <laughs> I love it. JL underscore Chapman. That's JL underscore Chapman. Um, he's drinking a ton of water this podcast, which is great. Staying healthy. I like it. <laughs> um, anything else uh, you want to talk about, John? Are we uh, are we good to go? We've been. I think we put together a pretty good episode. And I, th- I think actually uh, I'm going to clip some stuff out for you, and uh, we're going to make some cool content based off of what we talked about today. It was pretty interesting. Anything you want to talk about? That we didn't re-hit. Man, uh, not too much. I'm just really pumped for the draft. So I, I'm really, really excited. And I'm hoping Dell, I'm going to try to get you to make an on-air commitment, uh, comes out to the draft. Uh, it's going to be in Nashville, close to him. And I'm flying across the country from the California state all the way out there. It's going to be a blast. I am so pumped. It is we got a couple eat, sleep, fantasy people coming out. So hopefully Dell shows up. I would love to. Uh, I'm still working on it. Um, we'll see. Uh yeah, I, it's he ain't coming. That's what that was. No, 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 so no, 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 no. It definitely wasn't a no. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. Look, I'm not too far from Nashville. Actually, I'm probably like I don't know, eight hours or so, uh, eight hour drive, which isn't horrible. I could do that. Um, and if you entice me with some good food, uh, you know, I, I can always be there. So, anyways, all right, guys. Again, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we will be getting back to regularly scheduled content. At least try to do like one or two a week for the whole uh, off season. So uh, stay subscribed to our podcast. We appreciate you. If you want to review us on iTunes, that would mean a whole lot to us. uh, Just because, you know, other people checking out podcasts want to see how good or bad we are. So if you give us a five-star review, it would really mean a lot to us for a small-time podcast like we are. And uh, follow us on Twitter at EatSleepFF. Go to our website, EatSleepFantasy.com. Again, guys, we appreciate you listening. And I hope you listen to the next one. Uh, Talk to you soon. For John Chapman, my name is Dale. Thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you in a couple days. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy. 
enthusiast, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy Eat Sleep Fantasy